0: If you're visiting with us, we are uh, in very much involved in a uh, lecture series here as we commonly do at Oak Mountain. And um, our topics have been questions from Scripture, and the one that I have is in Job verse 9 of chapter 1, and it says, does Job fear God for nothing? And... Um, This is going to be a lesson now, it's not a lot of fun to talk about, it's going to be a lesson a lot about discouragement, how to deal with discouragement, why we have discouragements. And um, um, it's um, very interesting to me how God deals with His creation, and I don't pretend to know all the answers to the decisions that he makes, uh, but I do find it a very interesting study about uh, why he does things that he does and handles man in the way that he does handling. Um, very interesting. And in, in all of his creations, the angels, the, um, Satan himself. Um, so anyway, I think this will give us some... Um, insight into i hope why we have problems why we have to teach our children how to deal with problems you know a lot of it's the first thing that you want to do as a parent is shelter our children and um i have seen with our boys coming up uh, the most obvious examples in the baseball leagues when they're young uh well, we're not going to keep score. We're gonna, we're just cause that it's going to hurt somebody's feelings, and so they wouldn't officially tell them the score. But you got guys out there uh, playing, and uh, this is back when the girls could play with them, and uh, the guys were crying. Some of them were crying in the field. They're standing in the field. And one of the little girls come over and asked me. I've one of the coaches out there. Williams asked me, "Why is he crying?" She didn't understand. I said, "Well, son, he he knows we're losing really bad. We're we're, we're it's just terrible. You know what? We got We got to fix some things here." And uh, she said, "Well, why?" You know, the girls approached it from a whole different standpoint. You know, it was just a social event for them. You know, and. and uh, and they were great too, matter of fact. The the boys um could catch the ball, the girl couldn't, but the girl would pay attention. And so you get the boy to catch the ball, hand it to the girl, and she'd do what I told her. And so it worked every time. <clears throat> but anyway, uh disappointment. Job experienced a lot of disappointment, and I'll have to say To a lot of people here, I know you've been through a wonderful class. I heard a lot of comments about it about Job. So this may be repetitious repetitious to you, but I think from some of the things that I'll probably say, maybe y'all didn't think of it in quite these ways, so we'll see. But let's start out. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12 in Job 1. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. That man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. <laughs> now you got to remember that right from the first. There is nothing in Job's life that he's doing that's wrong. He's just, I mean, now I know he's a man, but this states that he had his bases pretty well covered, and seven sons and, um, and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred yoke of oxen, five hundred female donkeys—a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. Now, I'll just say right here: I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Riches didn't bother Job. It didn't affect him at all. He handled it. You know, that's something we have to work on a lot. He handled it. I I don't see anything how that affected him at all in the story of Job. Going on. And his sons would go and feast in their houses each on his appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was. When the days of feasting had not had run their course, that job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer and and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all, for job said it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts, thus job did regularly <clears throat> wouldn't you say? As a servant of God, Job had great purpose. He, I almost remember that word, purpose. And it's another way of saying in this lesson, he had great faith. Great faith. He had a purposed faith. He had a plan. <clears throat> and that's going to be extremely important in Job's life. <clears throat> now there was a day in verse 6. When the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord, and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless, upright man, one who fears God, and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, "Does Job fear God for nothing?" And we got an explanation of what this what what Satan's saying here in the next verse. "Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land." But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> so here's a here's a here's a faithful follower of God. He's not you know, he's uh, not in our dispensation. He's not under Christ, under the new law. But he is faithful to God for that time. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's not only doing what he's supposed to do. He's trying to take care of everything that maybe, just maybe, the family's not doing right. He's trying to even do, trying to fix that if if there's something wrong there. He's trying to cover everything. He has a set schedule through the through the year that are things that he does always he does no matter how he feels no matter you know i see this just being a part of his life um and i want to focus a little bit on that question have you considered my servant job there's another question there's just as outstanding or more so than the one we're addressing right now um what about job has brought him to this point? you know if we are never discouraged about something or tempted a lot about something does that is that really that could very well mean that we're really not doing anything couldn't it i mean if if all if all our thought process is, is to attend and then just go back to our everyday lives. Um, well, we're just not doing anything to get discouraged. We're not trying to do anything and we don't have a set number of goals to accomplish. I, I think of it, uh, one way to put it like this, you know, have you been a Christian for uh, a year? Have you been a Christian for five years? Well, and so, and and you might say, well, yeah, I've just been a Christian for five years. Well, you can get a degree in five years in college, and you'd have to you have to apply yourself. You got you got to get busy, but you can get a degree in that time. Well, what do you? How much did you grow from that first year to five years? In in the you know, now, I'm, I'm not, it's not like I've got a handle on all this, and I, I did all this stuff as I was going. I just look at myself and see how quick I can make progress when I put my mind to it. You know, Ed, um, not Ed, um, uh, Brother Waldron, Bob Waldron said one time, I think it's been set up here, but I'll say it again to, to emphasize the point. A uh, young preacher was talking to him, and, he said, you know, uh, he, uh, Bob was such a, a uh, student of Scripture, you know. And, uh, and he said, Bob, well, well, you know, I tell you, in this new preacher, he's trying to, he's trying to learn, you know. He says, well, where should I focus? You know, what should I learn to start with? And, and Bob just looked at him, you know, everything. You learn everything. And so if you learn everything, you're going to have to apply yourself. You're going to have to have purpose. Now, it's not to have purpose to just know everything. Have the purpose because you're going to have some real discouragements. You're going to have some real things that really stress you totally out, that you don't think you can stand. If you don't have that purpose, that faith, You can lose it. You can lose it with all the discouragement you can have. And so I see it now. I'm old enough to see it. That can happen to you at 12 years old. It can happen to you at 25. It can happen to you at 80. It can happen. You have to have that strong purpose, faith, to see you through it whatever uh station of life you find yourself another um uh, uh, you know we've established job had purpose he had purpose there, there's no doubt about just in this reading that he had the faith that he needed he was outstanding bob just talked about daniel and that uh, was something i'm glad he brought up because i was going to mention him in daniel 1 8 daniel had purpose he had purpose not to defile himself. He could see ahead what things were coming his way. And he knew that he was going to have to have a, have a mental commitment. How much better do we all do when we can see something coming and we prepare for it? Something that's bad, is coming. And we get noticed though, we get some kind of a hint that it's going to happen. And it helps us to get through it, doesn't it? It always helps to know what's coming. I, I tell um, um, women are especially bad at this now. I'm going to be picking on you just for this. They're, they're, they're bad, and I get it on Vicky all the time. They're bad about going to their car, getting in their car, and they got their mind on, I don't know, makeup or whatever, and, and, and all this stuff that women have their mind on. And and they're not looking around. And, and and I tell I tell Vicky, okay, you know, it's you're always better off if you see trouble coming than if trouble's already on you. You know, when you get surprised, then you're totally vulnerable. If you're not surprised, you got a chance. And so the same way spiritually, you prepare yourself. You try to see trouble coming. And we see that with with uh, our children and who their friends are. We see that in who our children are dating. We see that from on and on. in the kind of people we have to go, how much does our work take us away from home and keep us away from interfere with going to church. We see all that. That's trouble. It's trouble brewing. And if we can see that and our faith is strong enough, we will make take measures to correct it. I think that's where Job is. I think that's where Daniel was. Because it doesn't matter the rules that were made. They had their purpose, their faith. And that was first in their life. It didn't matter what the rules of the king were. It didn't matter what came up in life that, that Job's about to face. It didn't matter. He was, had his faith there that he would lean on. If all by himself, which is what it came down to. It came down to Job was alone. Lost everything. His wife didn't even support him. It didn't matter, did it? A lot of y'all have had this and you know this. It didn't matter. Job's gonna be faithful anyway. You have to admire that. <clears throat> and also now I want to get in I want this is just a little side note, but I, I want to make this just bring this out more. Satan coming to God is a fascinating thing to me, that he would have a conversation with God about this. That is not the way I imagine Satan doing things. But that's the way it works. <clears throat> and um, it says in the, in the reading, uh, this reminds me of an unseen realm that is just as active and busy as what we see every day. And and just a few examples of that is verse 6, um, where Satan comes to God. And this is just in the normal, it, it appears to me, in the normal way of doing business, if you can call it that. <clears throat> um uh, for there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also was among them. <clears throat> and uh, and there we see it in Joshua. Uh, remember uh, when the commander of the Lord's army uh, was standing, sword drawn, at Jericho? And in Joshua, there was a great army there. To there was a uh, well. Let me go over there. Um let's see. Uh, Joshua five. <clears throat> I'm having some sinus issues you just bear with me a minute. May clear my throat some. I hope it's not too distracting. I'll be there in a minute. (coughs) That's what I say, Joshua. Five thirteen, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, "Are you for us or for our adversary?" And uh, and he said, "No, but as commander of the arm of the army of the Lord, I have now come." Um. Here's the commander of the Lord's army, and what I was thinking of was the next example. Uh, remember the Syrian army surrounded by the unseen army in 2 Kings 6. And that's when the, the, the servant was allowed, uh, one of the members there were allowed to see that they, they thought they were totally outnumbered, but what he could not see was that the chari- there were chariots of fire on the whole mountainside around. And they, you know, the, the people they could see were completely outnumbered. And so, and, and then uh, there's a case over in Jude that's another thing that I would like at least a chapter on, but it's just one verse um, to explain that to me. But... <clears throat> There's a lot of things in Scripture that I would like more information. Um, Just out of curiosity. Uh, In verse 9 it says, Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dare not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Uh, Even Michael was careful about how he rebuked. That, That should give us a very clear message. Uh, Be careful. Very careful. If he's got to be careful about rebuking uh, uh, Satan himself, that's incredible. But, uh, and what he's doing there to, why he's got to do that, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, there is a realm, a spiritual realm, that's active, moving, busy, all the time, that we don't, you know it's not visible to us uh it's incredible um now with that said um you know i will give you an example the we were at a at a uh, uh class in um a continuing education class down at down at uh Antalusia. and there was probably forty or fifty uh people like me there. And the professor, he took us out in the field, and we were going to look at a study area uh, that they'd done some good bit of research on. And he was talking to us about it. Well, I don't know if you know about Andalusia or not, but Antalusia is a big area for rattlesnakes. And and so we were all standing there, and just out of the corner of my eye saw a great big rattlesnake, and he's going right through the crowd. The two guys stand there and i just said stand still you know and because snake he was he didn't want not want any trouble he just was moving through he got caught we were walking around following the professor and uh and we just happened up on him and so he's trying to get from here to here and he doesn't know anything to do but keep going and so but he's big and he's all I was concerned about, don't step on him. You know, stay still. And he just worked right on through. You know, didn't bother anybody. But my point about that is, is that we, uh, uh, Satan's like that. Your attention on the snake most of the time is only when you see him. He's always there. I promise you, in that part of the country, they're everywhere. And, and but when you don't see them, it doesn't seem that bad. When you see them, you be hunting for snakes for two weeks if you're out. If you're somebody like me, you have you have your eye open for them all the time. But but uh, but in uh, Satan's like that. Satan's unseen, but he's just as much present. He's there. He's not only there, but he has learned our problems. He has learned our patterns. He has learned everything about us. So he knows he may have to go get permission, but he knows what our weaknesses are and he wants to hit us when we're down the most. Um, He's relentless. He's ruthless. He's brutal. He has no mercy at all. You know, even in wartime, you have people that get wounded. You see a man that's lost his leg or something. A lot of times, they'll pass him up. They don't, I mean, he's an enemy, but they just pass him up. I mean, he's, he's had a hard day. But Satan, he sees you down and barely can breathe. He'll kill you if he can. He wants you gone, he wants you in a lost condition. He wants to do that to your children. If we could see him for what he really is, we see that in Job. You see how far y'all had this had this about Job. Take him down. Take all his family, everything. Take everything he's got, everything that he loves, and that's not enough. Well, if you just let me have him, let me strike him. Let me kill him. No, but the Lord said, No, no, you're not going to kill him. So he strikes him with all this sickness. And ill, and so now he's lost everything. Now he he feels so bad. He you ever felt bad enough where you know you just wish you could just die? You ever got that bad? You know, if you're young, you probably haven't. But that can come. I remember I had appendicitis one time, as had it and when I was a teenager. And uh, so we don't we don't know where it is. Uh, I remember him talking about that. We don't, you know, dads they didn't know where his was and uh, they did, they couldn't locate it, right so they couldn't decide for sure if it was the appendix and and, and I was hurting sebastian well just try something you know just just look around you know i don't care you know you can get that way i was a teenager when that happened and i was saying that you know and so you you that can happen to you if you live long enough probably will you know i don't care Just try something, you know. And so this is where um, Satan wants to have you. And they're back to purpose. You're going to have to have some purpose. You're going to, there's some here this morning, they probably not even here right now, but there's some here this morning that no, right now, no, today, they're not going to come tonight. They just don't, they just don't come. They don't come to every service. And I have a feeling that they don't have a whole lot of purpose spiritually. They just don't. They just don't have it. And uh, and so when the times get rough, and they will, it does. It's going to be on everybody. When times get rough, I doubt their faith will hold. I doubt their. They don't have. They don't have enough purpose. They don't. They don't see it coming. It's coming. We are appointed. Well, I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Another thing about Satan we learn here is that when he makes his statement, he's allowed to move freely throughout all the earth. We learned that in Job. We learned his methods. uh, And Simon had a lesson here not long ago on the man of God. Uh, and the two men of God, remember that uh, for those that were able to be here, it's in one Kings thirteen. And there is a situation that shows to me, among others, that Satan. We know that even in uh, uh, even in when Jesus was tempted, we know that Satan will use Scripture if he needs to. He'll use anything he can. To defeat us. He is the father of lies. So he's extremely good at it. He can get a half lie. And that's good enough. If he can give you off course of what God says about something. About anything. You know. He will do it. He will use your family against you. If your family. I've seen preachers of the gospels. I've seen elders. I've seen people like that. That had a, uh, and you've probably seen them if you've been around long enough, that they had a divorce come into the family, and they changed their stand on divorce, on the qualifications of a divorce, because it was in their family. It was, they changed their mind, because uh, they had, I think it's pretty strict myself, but it's not my, my opinion has nothing to do with it. It's what God says about it. And and I felt sorry for people. I wouldn't have made it that way, but I didn't write it. So, <clears throat> but I've seen people change their minds that were committed Christians for 30, 40 years, written books, you know, and uh, lost their uh, stand on that. Lost, in my mind, they lost their faith. Their faith wasn't strong enough. Um, <clears throat> But we do remember, Satan's, Satan's uh, uh, his control, we learn through this with Job. Another thing we learn about this, as bad as it can get, he's still limited. Remember what the Lord said. You're not going to be tempted above what you can stand. But that doesn't say you're not going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted, and you're going to be tempted in your weakest areas. Over and over. <clears throat> so, you know, there are a lot of things we could say about... Um, uh, I don't want to run out of time and um, not make some points here, but, um, you know, we, could, we would all want to seek to be uh, like... We want to be like Joe. You want to be strong enough to be tempted even as bad as Job. If you're not strong, if Satan doesn't have to go to God and ask, then that means you're lost. He's got you. He knows that you're not going to come out of where you are. He knows it's not necessary. I can put my focus on this guy or lady over here or this young teenager over here. I can put my focus on them because this guy, he's mine. Isn't that sad? He doesn't even have to put his time into you anymore. You know, he doesn't have to plot against you because you're already overrun. You're overcome. You know, I think of Pharaoh and stuff like that. He just... Locked into what he's going to do. So God uses him to accomplish his purposes. But Pharaoh is a lost cause. You know. That kind of thing. It's rough. Um, so. God protects us. God protects us. But not in the way we might think he ought to. You know. Um, we won't be tempted above our ability. Uh, you know, God, when man fell, the Bible talks about, all the Bible is moving from that point on is to establish a people that God would have unto Himself. Establish His own people from every race and everything. That came through Christ. And, but to get those people, they're going to go through trials and tests. And let's, uh, let me get to, let's go back to Genesis. Something we don't like to dwell on a lot. But I think this is the core of why we have to deal with these things. And we forget that sometimes. We think, uh, I've thought these things. And, and I still, and sometimes I have to control my mind thinking about these things too. I think as a Christian, well, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do what's right. So... I'm going to have a pretty good life, you know? I'm just going to have a pretty good life. Not necessarily. I'm going to have a good life in the next one, but not here, not necessarily. <clears throat> um, he said to the woman in verse 16 of chapter three, "This is when he pronounced judgments on for the sin, "I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception." In pain you shall bring forth children, your desire desire shall be for your husband, he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree, which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake, in toil you shall eat of it, and all the days of your life, all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it will bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of the ground you were taken, and for dust you are, and for dust you shall return. They say, well, I'm okay. I don't have to work outside, you know. I'm in the office and all that. Well, you know, this is a lot broader than that, you know. It's, can't. Anybody here can? If you've ever tried to do anything, if you try to get a job, if you try to go to school, if you try to you try to um, uh, work at a certain place and you like it there and you want to stay there, you've had major discouragements, stresses, um, passed up for promotions, on and on. Things that you thought you had. I worked for a company, and you know, I I had people around that I thought like me. Well, after a while, I learned that. None of them could promote me. They were in Savannah, you know. <laughs> the people that were going to promote me didn't even know me. <laughs> you know, so, you know, stresses of, of, um, of life and things that happen that uh, you don't have really any control of. Um, but this tells us why we're going to have these stresses. How many men have to go to the doctor a lot of times that go into the doctor and get advice on, just get nerve medicine and stuff, trying to make a living and the stresses that come with that? They've been there for a long time, and they're going to they've gotten cut from just out of, they were just cutting personnel or something like that. And all of the blue, they don't have a job. Um, Children in school, and the pressures that come from peers, the pressures that come from trying to make the grade, the pressures—you know—all of these stresses, the debt that comes with the, the with trying to get an education now, and all the student loans and the things that happen, and people come out with a mortgage payment before they have a have a uh, uh, a uh, storage building, you know. So it's 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 uh. You, you start with all these, all these stresses are coming from right here in my mind. They're coming from right because of sin. It's because we live in a world that's overrun with sin. Um, in, um, in Romans 9, let's go to that. <clears throat> I want to show you a little bit how God uh, thinks about some of these things, and uh, we have to take God as, at His word about things. We don't. We don't. It's not necessary. Uh, if it were necessary, He would have made us smarter, I guess, to understand. Some of the things and reasons that he does, he just I just have to say, well, his thoughts are a lot higher than my thoughts. Uh, and I realize there are people who are smarter than me that they can attain more knowledge about some of these things than I can. But there's a point where we all get cut off. There's all, we all eventually reach that great gulf, I call it, between God's knowledge and our knowledge. And we just have to say, okay. One of those is here. Um, in verse 14 it says what shall we say then is there unrighteousness with God certainly not for he says to Moses I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion so then it is not of him who wills nor of him who run, runs but of God who shows mercy um, we have to ask for that and and I encourage us all when we pray publicly, privately uh god is is uh, capable of being very merciful. He likes to be ask for it when we pray ask for it be thankful for what we already have and ask for more. always ask for more because it is totally up to him. Remember Satan comes to these um, um, has these meetings. <laughs> That, and I think they go on now with God, just like they did about Job. And uh, uh, I'd like to have God, uh, my asking for mercy on his mind when he makes a decision, if it's about me. That may sound pretty selfish, but I'd like to have him, I'd like to have he to be it on his mind if if he's making a decision about something that might enter in the oak mountain that would give us problems ask for his mercy to help us see the problem fix the problem before it comes to be much larger <clears throat> remember about christ remember about job that remember about job that he was he was he was going to give up everything, right? This has to be reflection of Christ. Christ was going to come totally innocent. Job's innocent. Christ was totally innocent because we have to remember um, that uh, that there is a difference here. Job looked innocent, but Job was a man, right? Um, Romans, uh, in Roman, back to Romans 3... Three in, or back in Romans anyway. Romans 3, 9, remember that. What then, are we better than they? Not at all. Let's talk about Jew and Gentile. We have uh, previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under a sin. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who uh, seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. Uh, There is none who does good nor know not one. Their their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practised deceit. The the, uh, uh, poison of ass is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction, misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is not fear of God before their eyes. Um you know, I wouldn't place us all like this, but this is when, when we sin, this is where this is in the category that we're in. This is what we deserve. And so Job deserved this. We think of Job as being well, Job was just totally no he wasn't. He's sinful like everybody else. It doesn't come out there, but I know he was sinful because they said all men are sin sinful. You know, so he sinned. And if you sin one time, that's enough for God. That's enough. You sin, and you are in this category. It's a pretty mean category, but you're in there. So you've got to get forgiveness for it through Christ. Um, I want to go to, um, you know, this is a good lesson to say, this is why bad things happen to good people. I don't know how many times you hear that. How many times I've heard it. You know, well how could that, you know, why would God let, here it is. You don't get hardly any more blameless than Job as a man. You don't get there uh, any better than what he was doing. Look what happened to Job. This is why. It goes back to Genesis when our sentence was pronounced. Don't be surprised. You can see it coming. Get your faith strengthened. Get a focus on where it should be so that you won't be caught surprised. you got a chance if you do. Um, go to Revelation 12. I'm sorry. I meant to go. This is something that is... I don't know. It, uh, I've read this, but it didn't register with me. Re- Revelation 12 and verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his, arch- and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth. His angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not, have, they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejo- rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. That ought to give us some idea of what we can expect to happen here. He has a short time, and he's going to do all the damage he can do. I mean every bit. And if he catches you down with out of leg as a soldier would have, he'll walk right, he'll stop, and he'll shoot you. He won't try to help you. He won't leave and leave you there for somebody maybe to help you. He's going to kill you. He's going to kill you in a lost condition if you can. He's going to do that to your children. Why does the Bible say when you teach your children, how, you know, put his templates before their eyes? You teach them all the time. You know, why? Because the devil's after them. You get every advantage you can get. To be successful, their lives are at stake, and uh, you get you do anything. Same if their physical life is at stake. Now, there's a lot more than that going on here, a lot more. It's a very intelligent uh, being here that's not limited by time, energy. He's day and night. He's as active. He never tires. He never he never runs out of out of. Uh, uh energy to go do these things he has no mercy at all so um <clears throat> there's um, um there's some other things i want to leave on a positive note but uh anyway uh think of the song will your anchor hold will your anchor hold it's not a song we sing a lot but we've sung it quite a few times it's an older song But will your anchor hold? Well, be prepared. And and it will. It will. God is stronger. I don't have time to go read it, but 1 John 4.4. 1 John 4.4. The Lord is much stronger than our enemy. And He can see us through this. He can help us. He will save us. But we've got to stay with our focus and our faith strong. We've got to be like people like Job and Daniel. We got to make progress in our lives spiritually. We we do it fine when it comes to getting paid extra money and stuff. We learn what we got to learn, we do all this stuff. But this is much more important. We got to teach this to our children and to anybody that will listen to us. Thank you for your time.